Hey, babe, and welcome back to A Tiny Revolution, a podcast about ordinary folks living revolutionary lives. It's your girl, Kevin Garcia, and I'm drinking some fizzy water today. I've taken my medication. I've moved my body. We're really nailing it, and I am so glad that you're here. Thanks for coming to hang out. If you're listening to this episode, you need to go back and listen to the last episode first, if you haven't already, because this is part two of a conversation with my friend John Steingard. The conversation we had was so delicious and lovely that I said, hey, I know that we're over time, but you want to just keep going. And then we did because like we just genuinely had fun talking to each other. And it was really fun to capture all that and then later be able to share it with you. The whole podcast uninterrupted is going to be available and ad free um, as a video for my patrons. And if you actually want to watch it back, you can head over to YouTube. It's going to be uploaded later today. And I hope you like it. It was a really, really fun time and fun conversation. So please come on over and hang out with us on YouTube and or Patreon. Yeah. Uh, well, YouTube and Patreon, both and. <laughs> uh, I think that is everything from me. Um, if you're having a, a great day, I would love for you having a great day. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think of just other things. Oh, you know, just the general announcements. If you are not a part of the Patreon community and uh, you want more cool shit like this, please go to patreon.com slash the Kevin Garcia. Get in on that. If you are looking for coaching, if you are looking uh, for maybe even, I don't know, maybe a collection or a cohort of people to go through your deconstruction and reconstruction journey with, I'd love to talk to you because I am thinking about putting together a cohort of people who are like, all right, we want to get together. We want to do this hard work and we actually want to like see what happens we want to we want to get i have i have an idea i think it'll work i think it'll work and so anyways just keep your eyes peeled if that interests you leave a comment drop a dm i'd love to talk to you more about that um other thing this is an irreverent media podcast did you know that um i'm gonna be talking a lot about this probably forever because irreverent media is the newest coolest group of podcasts and creatives that are making content for people like you and me folks along all areas of the deconstruction journey so if this was like really cool like if you thought this show was cool you need to go check out our other sh- our other friends and in, sh- in the network which include uh exvangelical um, straight white American Jesus, white homework, dirty rotten church kids, and many more names that you know and love that are going to be added to the network soon. Uh, we have a round table slash uh, live show coming up on April 18th at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. It is free. All you got to do is register. Go to the link in any one of my social media bios. Uh, it'll get you there. It's on my link tree. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. I hope that you liked the last conversation because this was good. This is going to pick up right where we left off with my friend John Steingart. So enjoy my baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's yeah, obviously it doesn't make sense because it doesn't make sense. The doctrine of original sin is, I think, maybe the har- most harmful. Mm-hmm. It's one, it's it's among the most harmful ideas that exist in, in Christian culture, I think. I would agree. Because it, it teaches you that, it teaches you that you are inherently bad. Mm-hmm. If there's any good in you, that's God. The bad part is you. Exactly. Oh, it, it I've never heard it to, said so clearly. 
It teaches you to distrust your instincts, to distrust your desires, to distrust your body, to distrust your nature. It teaches you to distrust other people mm-hmm. because if they don't identify as Christian, that means they have the bad part, but not the good part. Hey, hey. So there's no good in them, period. Right. It's because the there's no good in anyone except the good imbued to us by God and, and yeah. people that and people that are not Christian don't have that. Did you ever do the thing when you would get a compliment and, they, and you would say, oh, no, it's all God? I think that was icky enough that I managed to avoid that for the most part. It was like that. Okay, so or was, I was narcissistic enough to accept it. <laughs> or you're just like, yeah, I know I did a good job. Thank you so much. Yeah. Like when someone, uh, I, um, something my mom taught me, um, because I would do the special musics at church. Did y'all do special oh, musics? Yeah. So I didn't grow up with the term special music because I grew up in the vineyard, very charismatic. Like Oh, we know about vineyard. We know yeah, her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then I went to a Pentecostal church when I was like 16 and they had special music. And I'm just like, oh, the music that we listen to instead of participate in. Got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, um, I was, oh, fuck. I know this had a point. What were we just talking about? Just well, you were special- talking about, you remember, you remember something about special music. I have no idea. I have no idea where it went. Oh, well, it'll come back. Hopefully. Also, it's it's I know it's past the hour. I don't know if you want to stay on and chat a little more or if you need to get to get because yeah. I don't want to keep you. Let's let's chat a little more. I, I just, I'm so pleased. OK, because I'm, feel, I'm, it doesn't feel done yet. No, it doesn't. I first of all, thank you for sharing. First of all, it's not first of all, we're like halfway through the conversation. Uh-huh. Uh, thank you for sharing that part of your story and like because i know i i just feel like something i've learned as i've worked with people is that if you can like match up timelines with people mm. it can it, like, oh my god I was not alone in that time yeah and that to me like is just well it's it's so healing to know that like Oh my God. Like every it's, it's, and it's so also so wild to think, Oh my God, everyone around me had the same questions and nobody felt safe enough to ask them. Yeah. And you know what they needed? They needed someone to go first, mm-hmm. you know? And, and that's, that's the thing I found myself wanting to do, which is why I started talking about this stuff publicly mm-hmm. because I, for about a year before I started talking about questions of faith publicly for about a year, I was having private conversations with friends and almost without fail, they would be like, yeah, I I wonder that too. Or like, I have those questions too. And like, that feels weird to me too. And, and I was like, wait, do we all feel this? Oh no. Mercury in retrograde. And, and I'm and I'm like, by by no means do I feel like I'm the first person to ask questions like this, mm, right? Right. Um, but but in certain communities, you might end up being the, the person that in that community stands up first and speaks mm-hmm. first. And uh and and I was like, I know enough people that need someone to go first that I'll, I'll try it. You know, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know what that, I don't know if that's a good idea or not, but it seems like sitting here and not talking about things is not a good idea. So damn straight. So like, I'm going to, 
I'm going to get some shit wrong. Yeah. For sure. Oh, my God. Yeah. But I'd rather figure it out uh, and talk about things openly. Um, And I do get things wrong all, all the time, you know, like I'm. I'm trying to figure out how to navigate some of the relationships um, that 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 this stuff has put a toll on, like with family and 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 certain friendships and stuff like that. Mm. Um, uh, That's always a really hard thing. Yeah, and 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 trying to figure out which conversations are the ones worth having. Um, yeah, that is really the. I think that if anything, I've learned over the past five years since like coming out and transitioning all my shit uh it really is like who do i want to give my fucks to i only Mm -hmm. have so many and i really have to allow myself to be okay with i was i mean i the initial part of it was always really was the hardest for me was like losing the people who i thought people who called me family and i think that's like you know the question of was i in a cult i was just like i think Probably, maybe, you know, or at least cult adjacent enough to where like the attachment I had to these communities was in my bones. Like, you know, when I was at my lowest, these people picked me back up. They gave me purpose. They took me around the world. They helped me, you know, I had a couple of weird experience, you know, spiritual experiences with them, too. And, you know, I thought it was because of them that I was having these spiritual experiences because Mm. of them, I was becoming more holy, but like, and they, you know, this community taught me how to listen to the Holy spirit. And then the more I asked spirit, it was just like, she was like, get the fuck out of here. This is bullshit. (laughs) And it's like, uh, it was, it was really, it was, Oh, sorry. Yeah. I was just going to say like the thing that I really respond to in that is that, I think you deeply know things, mm-hmm. you know, and like sometimes you're afraid of of that. Oh but yes, but there's a there's a muscle that you can exercise and get better at using, which is to pay attention to your intuition mm-hmm. um, and and your gut feelings. My wife has an unbelievable sense of just like gut instinct mm-hmm. when she. When she thinks like there's been so many times where I'm like, I really want to do this thing. And she's like, I don't know. Think about it this way. And I'm like, that's a good point. Like she like very uh, pretty much without fail. If she has ever been cautious about something that I'm all gung ho for. And if I go for it anyway, I basically always regret it Hmm. Um, because she's just got good gut instincts. But but learning to pay attention to your gut feelings is something that not only is it not taught in the church it's taught against because oh yeah your body is bad your heart is deceitful about all things bad right and so and so like I, i i have i have noticed that as i've paid as i as i've made more of an effort to pay attention to my gut instincts it gets closer. It's less, mm-hmm. it's less distant. It's less, it's, it's less, uh, quiet and it's more present. I'm more aware of it. And, mm-hmm. and, and it, it has some good things to tell me. Um, so one example is, and this is, I'm totally going to risk sound like I'm pandering here, but this is just, nah, bring this, it. Is just how, this is just how it went for me. I remember when same sex marriage was legalized in the U S mm-hmm. 
uh, federally, my gut instinct instantly was like, yes, that's a good thing. Because mm-hmm. um, your spirit knew. I just, I just, it's like, that seems like it's worth celebrating. Um, but I wasn't even at that point, like I was, I was in a Christian band and I, I think I had, uh, we had a few friends that were gay, but not mega close to us. And I think if I'm being honest, I think that I probably kept them at a distance to a degree because mm-hmm. of their orientation. I was just like, oh, yeah. didn't know what to do. Right. I was like, of course. I was like, my belief system says this is wrong. Uh, I haven't really yet thought about it super deeply. So I'm more or less defaulting to that. Mm-hmm. And, and I certainly can't say publicly that I'm celebrating the legalization of absolutely not because you would lose, lose my, your I'll lose everything. My job. Yeah. I'll lose everything. And, and, but I remember having that gut instinct and being like, I do not know what to do with this. Mm. Um, and, and I don't want to paint myself as like, Oh, I, I got courageous and became affirming, like good for me. It's more that like, it feels to me like that was an initial, it was an initial nudge mm-hmm. that my mm-hmm. gut, spirit, whatever you want to call it, was like, hey, this matters. Are you paying and attention? Are you paying attention? And and then, you know, now I'm I'm, you know, even though I'm a 37-year-old cis hetero male white male, I'm I'm discovering that the LGBTQ plus community is more important to me than I realized Mm. because, because this was part of my journey of discovering that rejecting a whole community of people based on how they identify with regards to orientation and gender and all that stuff, rejecting people for that reason does not sit well with my spirit. Come through. And, 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 and so for, so becoming more openly affirming and the super clunky process of me just figuring out how to do that and what the language is and like, and how to make sure I do it respectfully and not in a way that's like, you know, narcissistic for me of being like, look at me, I'm so evolved. Um, That has been really important to me. And the other thing that I've discovered is instantaneously i've been so loved by Hmm. so many people i've met that i would have hesitated to love Hmm. uh like openly and and actively and unconditionally like i would have hesitated up until recently up until Hmm. like a couple of years ago and yet these people that i would have hesitated to embrace fully are embracing me fully instantaneously and Hmm. Uh, it's humbling me. It's humbling. Mm. Uh, and, and so I, I feel like that issue is important to me on, on, on levels that I just didn't see coming, you know, mm-hmm. but it started with spirit. My, my, it started with the nudge. So I don't, you know, I tell that story at the risk of totally sounding like I'm pandering, but I don't care. I don't, <laughs> I don't think you're pandering. I think you're sharing yeah. a really lovely experience and I am so glad that you changed your mind. Yeah, me too. And it's been in a in a season that has had some sadness because mm-hmm. 
deconstructing a faith that you built your life on can be really uh, disorienting. Oh and, yeah. And, and, and sad. Um, engaging with people that I would not have engaged with before has been, uh, man, it's been a joy. And, and yeah, let me tell you what it's, a. Uh, I think that was what I found too. It was like, it was like all this time, like, you know, they said outside there's weeping and gnashing of teeth and like, mm. uh, it's only crying for joy and it's not gnashing it's dancing. Everyone's having a good time. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. that is, that's phenomenal. Mm. I like you. I like you a I lot. I like you. You want to be friends? Yeah, I thought we already were. Hell yeah. I always like to ask, <laughs> just in oh, case. Hey, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I, because, like, you know, there's a, I don't know, my, um, something, I don't know. I just get a, I get a good vibe off of you. And, uh, I was like, the feeling's mutual. Yeah. I just yeah, like you, John. I, the thing, the thing that I love in these conversations is like, look, I know you have a podcast. Mm. And, um, and there's an element of, and I feel this when I record stuff for, for my podcast or whatever, there's mm. an element of content creation, but it's sure. like, Hey, there's like things, things we're trying to make things were things we're trying to do in the world. Mm -hmm. And this conversation is a piece of that. But at the same time, I feel like these conversations where we're talking about these issues, mm -hmm. they reach so far into our being that like, mm -hmm. I can't help but feel changed by each one of them. Yes. Yes. And, and, um, and in that, I start to feel like family. Mm -hmm. And, and so I start to just like, I never know how, how everyone approaches it. Cause everyone approaches it differently. But like, if I record something like this with someone mm -hmm. more times than not for the next year or so, I mean, not that I've, got a year of experience doing this but like like I'll, we'll just like talk on dms all the time afterwards because i'm just mm -hmm. like this is this is this is part of it like mm -hmm. these relationships are not just about content creation to me and i know I they're not to you either mm -mm. Uh, and it's, it's and, seriously like i i think that especially in the past i think probably four or five months i've gotten really clear about oh oh i see it now there's the, it's like it's almost just like the community, like we all looked up from our iPhones and we're like, oh my God, here we are. We found each other. Yeah. This is great. Yeah, we're and, already here. And I'm so excited about where this will take, like just community in general, when the world is safe to be in public again. Mm -hmm. um, I've been listening to Ram Dass's new book or his posthumous book. Um, and he's always talking about, we had these wonderful conversations. And I'm like, Bitch, if he was, what if he recorded those conversations? Right. And I think like, like this is in some ways, like these are the conversations like we would want to be having with, you know, in person. in person with interesting and cool people. And like, and hell yeah, the, like, it serves somebody like that's dope. Yeah. But yeah. either way, like at the end of the day, I think the best part is just like, this has served me as well. Mm. Like I feel recharged. I feel good. Yeah. When I was running this morning, um, so I, I, I go running with, with my friend Sean in Orange County in San Clemente. There's a pier there. 
And uh, there's a coffee shop right at the base of the, at the like end of the, not the end of the pier, but the base at the beginning of the pier. Mm -hmm. And we usually get a coffee there afterwards. And so we're there getting a coffee and these, uh, these two people are on like iPads writing away. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and Sean just engages with, with one and then the other. And one's writing a film and, and like a, a script, like a, a, a um, I'm gapping on the word. What's the other word? A screenplay? A screenplay. There we go. Yeah. Uh, I'm in film. I'm in film work. I know this word. Uh, <laughs> so, but one's writing a screenplay. One's writing a book. Sean has written a book. Or m quite a few. Uh, I've been writing a lot recently. And, and we, we get into these conversations. And the one, the one guy's writing about the interface between Western and Eastern spiritual thought. That's Hell what the screenplay yeah. was about. Ooh. And, and then, uh, and I was like, tell me more about that. And I know that like Sean's perspective on that stuff is totally different than mine. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, so I'm just like leaning in, like, tell me about this. I want to mm -hmm. know. And then the other guy uh, was writing about, I think, it, see, I can't remember exactly. Oh, he was talking about co-creation and how we co-create with the creator. So, so yeah. So, so I just, I walked away. And I said to Sean, you know, what's really interesting about that. Here we are. We're in this beautiful place. We're on the beach. We're in nature. And every one of us is desperate to connect. Hmm. And, and desperate to be a part of the continuing progression of the universe, of existence, whatever you want to call it. God like, trying to figure God's self out. Yes, that. And both of these people with different perspectives are out in nature. They could be in an office somewhere, but they're out in nature writing about spirituality, about existence, about reality, because they're trying to connect to that thing that, that we all want to connect to, which is everything, you know? Um, what, and, and, and it's like, we're all doing that. And mm. there's this idea from Sigmund Freud that just like destroyed my life and, and made it awesome at the same time. So Freud, Freud, basically, he was the first one to, he gets a, a lot of shit because mm -hmm. we've integrated so many of his best ideas into just our understanding. Like he was the first person to posit the unconscious in a really substantial way. Right. And now we just take that for granted. So we forget that that was Freud. Now, when we think of Freud, we just think of the Oedipus complex and mm -hmm. all the like, all the like maybe questionable things about that, that we might not agree with. But Freud had this idea that um, basically as an infant, when you're first born, you don't know that you are you. Mm -hmm. You don't know what self is right and then you do and then you discover self mm -hmm. um and you discover that you are not your mother you're also not the things around you you are something separate you are yourself mm -hmm. and what freud said was the discovery of self by definition meant a separation between you and everything else the ego it's it's yeah, it's by definition, discovering self means a separation between yourself and everything else. And and Freud's thought was that that discovery was so traumatic 
at such a deep level that we spend the rest of our life trying to heal from that trauma. And it mm. sort of explains that whole idea of like, why do we seek connectedness? Mm -hmm. Why do we seek oneness in Christianity? Why do we seek uh, a relationship with God? Mm -hmm. um, that or why do we take the body and blood into our own? <laughs> We're sure. trying to become yes. one. Yes. Yeah. Um, so it's like, it's like, once you see that, you see it everywhere, right? Mm -hmm. and, and you go like, oh, this is why we seek connection. It's because we're trying to heal the trauma of the discovery of self. And, mm. uh, and that's a lifelong process. Mm -hmm. And it's inevitable because we wouldn't be ourselves without the separation between self and everything else. It's the, yeah, so, it's the paradox, like in order to, uh, I was, uh, Sadhguru in the book, Inner Engineering, says that to be incarnate in general is to, is by definition to have a binary. And that's the thing. That's the whole mm. rub of creation is like, it's the rub of creation, but without the, but without the polarities, without the masculine and the feminine, without the well, sex, it's non, it's non dual. Right. Yes. So it's, so it's like, we have a trauma from our, from, from our discovery of self, but we couldn't be self without it. Mm. And, oh God, what were you doing? And the journey, the journey of becoming healthy mm -hmm. is not removing the trauma or, mm -hmm. or escaping the dualism of this whole thing. It's learning to bear it. And perhaps expand to encompass it. Sure. Yeah. Uh, but it's, but it's inherently contradictory. Uh -huh. And so, so you can't, you can't like get around it. <laughs> nope. You can't. Like, it's like, like my, like my, my, my friend, Peter Rollins writes about this and, uh -huh. and he's like, he, uh, he, he talks about the, the non at oneness of reality and, and the fact that I don't know if you can hear there's, I have neighbors that have dogs and they're losing their mind right now. <laughs> Um, you're totally but, fine but he talks about uh i almost just shouted who let the dogs out but that would be too <laughs> stupid <laughs> but peter talks about the fact that, he talks um, about the secret of the lack so like we have a lack we're constantly trying to fill that lack with something but everything mm. that we attempt to fill it with doesn't satisfy mm -hmm. and so the secret of the lack is not to fill the lack but to learn to live with the lack. And in that, mm. in that learning, it's a kind of fulfillment. It's a kind of satisfaction. It's a kind mm. of healing and wholeness, even though it's not wholeness. It's a kind of healing as you, it's a kind of wholeness mm -hmm. that encompasses the lack of wholeness. <laughs> yeah. There is, um, there's a, uh, old, uh, one of the, like, I believe it's like, Celtic creation myth. And it talks about basically uh, the goddess in the beginning, you know, she saw herself upon space uh, in the reflection of the, what does it say on the perfectly black curve of space? She saw her reflection and fell in love with it, drew it forth and made love to herself. And in the ecstasy of her, her joy, uh, the universe came forth. And as the universe pushed forth and out away, her reflection became less and less like her and more and more like a man or more like a stag figure. And so mm. the stag figure within paganism 
uh, is constantly trying, constantly longing to go back to the mother, back to oneness, back to things. So like, there's all these different creation myths throughout the world that are talking about the same exact mm-hmm. thing. And it's like, when I hear that, it's like my incarnation, like there's longing built into it so that I know where a, I can go back to. And I think the other part of it is I also, I see that desire, that kind of erotic energy that comes from desire and wanting. Mm-hmm. That's like this. It's like, that's what I'm here for. That's mm-hmm. the, like what the soul came to experience is this. I mean, erotic is the best way to know how to do it. But it's so in the, like, it's like the whole point it's, is like, it's embodied. Be here in the body. It's just like, mm-hmm. I know that you think it's like more complicated than that, but that's it. It's like, how yeah. can I enjoy this as much as possible? Yeah. And that for me, like, you know, it's like, that sounds like hedonism. I'm just like, not pleasure at the expense of anyone or anything. No. But pleasure as co-creation, which is how God created us. Mm-hmm. Like unto love's self. I love that. That's a oh! really, um, Where can I go to learn more about that, like, Celtic? mythology because I, I, I haven't i haven't really studied that i i would just write this is one of my favorites the spiral dance by starhawk i love that um yeah i actually quoted her in a lot of my my thesis for my masters really <laughs> yeah i'm just like i'm just like starhawk says in this like basically like how we would describe god like you know the the question was what do you think, like the prompt for like the mini essay we had to write was, uh, what do you think about the claim that God created the universe? And I said, well, I don't like the idea that the universe was created as much as it was birthed. And mm. then I go into this whole thing. So I love reading, um, I love reading witchy cosmology and yeah. just like different, like pagan theology, baby. It's so good. I'm talking like I'm, I, I am so uneducated in this area and I'm, I'm stoked to learn more. Yeah, it's um, I think what I've learned the most through just like these different kinds of explorations with things that are were considered like so demonic is that I didn't have to lose Jesus in the process. Like mm. Jesus, you know, much like myself, has become a new creation. Mm. Um, ooh, damn. Ooh, sorry. That's just like that's, that's a cool. thing. Like, and that's exactly it is like Jesus is literally just showing me how to do it. And all these other people are showing me how to just be like Jesus, how to transform my own bullshit. Well, and I have a question. Mm-hmm. We talked earlier about emergent properties, right? Mm-hmm. Jesus as a person lived 2000 years ago, mm-hmm. but what Jesus means to people has been continually evolving for 2000 years mm-hmm. and is it possible that as that idea evolves that it develops new properties as it becomes more complex just like everything else i would say and ding 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 yeah yeah and so like you know you talk about new creation that sounds like new creation to me mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. i would absolutely agree and i think that's and I, I, what's interesting too is these understandings 
of like co-creation is like really like understanding how to be in rhythm with what already is naturally occurring mm-hmm. both mm-hmm. in the world and within the person. I think that's like why all like um, indigenous and uh, re- traditional uh, pre-colonial like yeah. religious traditions really like they knew like they were all saying the same thing be in line with the earth with each other with like with land with one another that's basically the two things running through them all you know what i notice a very different posture between different faiths is is it focused on what is supposed to air quotes supposed to be Mm. or is it focused on what is Hmm. my 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 so like my experience now this is not everybody but my experience with christianity is it's very focused on what is supposed to be it's not supposed mm-hmm. to be like this it's supposed to be like that it's mm-hmm. it's like oh the culture is bad yeah and, be you know, like it, it, it should be like this like hollywood should just be pure flicks you know uh Ooh. so right it's like it's like and then you learn about like native american spiritual beliefs which the more I learn, the less I feel like I understand. I'm like, this is complex. And uh, it's a whole multi- different mythology. Multifaceted, too, because there's like a lot of different things going on at the same time. And and then, you know, you look at Buddhism and you look at Taoism and there's this sense of like, there's this focus on what is. Mm-hmm. And and like when I study Buddhism, I don't I don't see an ideology that's saying we have to make things more like this. I see an ideology that says this is what is. Mm-hmm. And, and will you agree with what reality is presenting you with? And you have the opportunity to interact with it on a deeper level. Mm-hmm. Something and it's an, it's an invitation, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I know in, in, in a lot of Christian, a lot of Christian circles, people have, get the sense that Christianity is an invitation in that same way. And, and, and perhaps it can be, but, but my experience from within, it didn't feel like that. Yeah. It definitely has the potential to be that. Like, I feel like we all, you know, see one of my favorite stories is Axe Cornelius. I like to call him gay Cornelius. We don't know if he was gay, but it's like, it's like the first time, you know, like maybe the second time, because the first one was the Ethiopian, uh, scribe everyone calls him the ethiopian eunuch but he was a scribe right we're not going to identify him by his uh genitalia genitalia or or lack thereof yeah but it's just like a gender non-conforming black person who is Mm -hmm. a scribe Ooh, Mm -hmm. genius anyways uh so apparently like the apostles get this vision they need to go see this you know this gentile cornelius and Cornelius apparently also has this dream about, you know, the apostles coming to see him. And this is where the whole do not call unclean what I have called clean thing happens. The dream three times comes down. Hmm. So he shows up Cornelius's house and he's like, OK, this is weird. I'm not supposed to go into this house because I'm a good Jew. But they go in anyways. He starts preaching the gospel. The Holy Spirit falls upon them. And uh, it's just like, wow, like God is really moving in this place and like. This and then there's like, you know, have you all been Baptist? It's like, we don't know what baptism is. They have no, they have no context for Christianity. Yeah. They have no context right. for Judaism. They're Gentiles. They're Greeks, mm-hmm. Romans. You know, they don't know anything about this system. And yet the Holy Spirit, you know, God, energy, Shakti shows up in a space in which she is invited. 
And it's just like, okay, so if God is no discriminator against persons, uh, it must be true about me too. Yeah. You know, and it also must be true about all these other things too. Like, yeah. Well, and I, I, I think about the parts of the Bible that talk about you will be a blessing to all nations. All of them. And I go, that sounds inclusive to me. You know, uh, all tongues, tribes and nations are supposed to be at the end, apparently. Right. Right. And like, like, don't you think that includes people that believe differently? Because I think if you talk about all tongues, you're talking about language, tribes, you're talking about ethnicities, you know, like, it's like, this is everybody. You're talking about the culture that comes with them. Yeah, absolutely. And, and then, and then I see, you know, I don't remember exactly. I'm really bad at remembering scripture references. Um, I'm not a good Christian. That so way. the only reason I know so many, I'm the kind of Christian who grew up like sword drills and like yeah. trivia and like, also just like, it was the one thing I could, I was not good at sports and I was like such a feminine kid. So like the way I hid Bible nerd. Right. Well, I was going to say, you'll know that you'll know this, this scripture then, you know, God will reconcile all things unto himself mm-hmm. or into unto God's self. Like, like all things reconcile all things, mm-hmm. all things. Um, did we miss that? You know, I mean, I feel like a lot of people did. It's it's uh, also just the part where it's just like God desires that all men shall be saved. And it's like, does, does God does God get what God desires? That's my question. Yes. That was my question too. I was like, does God not get what God wants? Like if in the end that God wants all people to be saved, then like wouldn't God just do it? Yeah. Like and what would that look like? But listen, you know? God, God is good, but God's also just. So yeah. fuck you. Fuck you and your logic. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes people ask me, you know, when we're talking about heaven and hell, it's like, well, don't you want, don't you want people who do evil to be punished? And I was like, when I think about it, what I would rather is for them to be healed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because when people do horrible things, it's, It's not just bad mm-hmm. for the people they do it to. It's it's not good for them. Yeah, because they dismiss like as they, you know, as they attack another person, whether word and deed, things done yeah. or undone, it is, you know, you separate. It's basically you're separating yourself from presence, from oneness. Yeah, yeah, and 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 on some level, you know, you're damaging something, mm-hmm. um, and. It's a severing. It's a disconnection. Yeah. And so I I look at the heaven and hell thing and I go like, the question doesn't have to be, do we punish or not punish? The question, you know, does God punish or not punish? That doesn't have to be the question. The question that's more interesting to me is God, the divine, the universe, Mm -hmm. being itself, whatever we want to, whatever we want to call it, does being heal or not heal hmm that's a more interesting question to me than punish or not punish or not punish it's like heal mm-hmm. or not heal i'm more interested then, in that question and then and, it's, and then uh i would I, I love to challenge like really really strict christians on this because it's just like so are you saying like this is why one of my early like when i was i was real against the death penalty real early on as a kid mm-hmm. i'm just like mm-hmm. i'm just like the death penalty is stating that someone is beyond redemption 
and yeah. that's not for us to call. Well, and, and and no no version of Christianity that I'm aware of would affirm that idea. Especially because early Christians were destroyed and killed by the state for yeah. fun. It is like against our even like our ancestors would weep. Right. Right. Huh. Oh yeah. I mean, when we get into criminal justice, the, that's 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 a whole other two hour conversation. Listen, maybe we should schedule it again and like this is good. I really like you. Oh, I, I really, really like you too. This is great. This has been oh, we've been talking for almost two hours now. I know. It does not seem like that to me. I'm, no. I'll make I'll make this a two parter probably. Dude, that's how you that's how you know, right? It's like that's... in Harry Potter. Then the the uh, the, uh, mm-hmm. the what is it? The the glass? time turner. Yeah, the, the t- t- well, no, it's like when conversation is really good, time slows down. Oh, the thing in um his office. Um, yeah, I know what you're talking about. I don't know. It's like an hourglass, but it's yeah, it's like an hourglass, but it like it goes the it sand goes flows and the. Con- when the conversation yeah. is good. That's what this is like. Yeah. Oh, buddy. Ah, that's so sweet. <laughs> John, don't butter me up. I'm a vegan, okay? I'm not vegan. Oh, are you? No, I'm not. Oh, okay. I um, I wish I had the strength and wherewithal, but... um, I'm experimenting. Know, good for you. I think it's just I, like my Mexican heritage like precludes me. I'm just like, I will eat carnitas till the day I die. Oh, I haven't so. had carnitas in... For four or five months, and well, I live in—I mean, I love—I live in Southern California, so it's like good carnitas is not that hard to find. Yeah, I San um, Diego. You where, know, where do you where do you live? I live in Atlanta, Georgia. Oh, okay. I was like, we didn't even talk about that. I have no idea where you live. Yeah, Atlanta. I live in Atlanta, Georgia. I have yeah. a cute little house in Decatur. Um, oh, I know I'm, Decatur. Uh, I love this area. Um, I live in a beautiful neighborhood. Um, full of like old people it's very sweet um i live with my dog my roommate just left i'm gonna go ahead and stop it no in the best way that was part two of my conversation with my buddy john steingard please go listen to part one if you somehow got through this entire episode and did not listen to part one because it was really good you can follow John across all the internet at John Steingard and listen to his podcast slash watch his YouTube show, uh, The Wonder and Mystery of Being, available on YouTube and all the other places that you, you know, get your podcasts and whatnot. John, I like you so much. I've got my vaccine now, so just so you know, I'm coming to visit very soon. <laughs> Anyways, um, oh yeah, speaking of vaccinations, um, if you're listening to this, um, April 16th, 2021, every United States citizen over the age of 16 is going to be eligible to get on the list in their state for vaccinations. So get online, figure out how to get on the list and get vaccinated as soon as possible. Because friends, the sooner we do this, the sooner we get to come hang out with one another. And don't you want to hang out in public together? God, can you imagine all of us queers, all of us weirdos, all of us uh, progressives and deconstructioners in the same place at the same time? It's going to happen. Get that vision in your mind and commit to it. Um, And also talk to your friends about getting vaccines uh, themselves. Figure out who in your community needs help getting them. Make sure everyone has good information about it. And if you feel nervous about it, that is okay. Um, You're allowed to feel nervous and you're allowed to still be brave. So do your part 
go get vaccinated. I love you so much. Please go get vaccinated. God damn it. And finally, if you want to support this show, please go to patreon.com slash the Kevin Garcia and become a sustaining partner today. It's a sliding scale between 11 and $33. And with it, there comes some sweet perks like some exclusive merch. There are uh, book studies, there's get togethers. And this month we are kind of working into some ritual stuff. So if you're looking for a new way to do spirituality, if you want to learn how to meditate, uh, if you want cool, affirming community that's going to be there for your journey through the deconstruction land, uh, get your ass in there. It's at patreon.com slash the Kevin Garcia. Once again, thank you to John Steingard for stopping by on the show. And until next time, this has been another episode of A Tiny Revolution. Take your meds, call your person, move your body in a way that feels good. Eat something delicious. Uh, take a nap when you need to. And uh, I love you. See you later, baby. Bye.